Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez, coming back from a long and unexpected hiatus, but I am joined today by Mike Romano uh, with Thrive Mortgage. Thank you for joining me, Mike. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And today we are going to be providing a market update because I think there is a lot of information out there that um, is all over the board. And it can be quite con- confusing for consumers, especially for first-time home buyers that maybe haven't been through this process, or people who have been in their home a long time, and you know the market has changed a number of times since they last got into the market mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. setting the stage for what they're going to be getting into. Sure. I know the rapid increase in rates has probably scared a lot of people and they're wondering what to do at this point. So I think a lot of the data that you're about to show is is very important right now. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. let's get started. And so we're going to start with just sort of a, a show of the landscape of what the market looks like. Now, our data is usually lags about 60 days. So the most recent data that I could pull from Florida Realtors was from May 2022, but here for St. Pete, we had 521 closed sales, and you can see that was down 14% from a year ago. The median sales price was up over 20 or 25% to 405. The um, month's worth of inventory was up slightly uh, to 1.1 month. The median time to contract was down seven days, down a little bit, one day um, to six days. The active inventory was up 19% and new listings were up 8.8%. And I I will say as a real estate agent, I am thrilled to see new listings up (laughs) because that means my clients have more to choose from. Um, But I know that there are some sellers that some of these numbers might make them a little nervous because um, you know their home may not be the one and only that a buyer has to choose from in their neighborhood. Sure. Well, even with an increase of 8.8% in new listings, the uh, months of supply really hasn't moved much. So right. it, I think it would take a lot more, more houses to come on the market before that number moved. Do you know what a typical healthy um, inventory supply is, months of inventory supply is? I'm glad you asked that. So when you're getting ready to buy, you definitely want to know, are we in a buyer's market or are we in a seller's market? And Mm -hmm. typically a seller's market is defined by less than six months of inventory. So anywhere from one to five months and a buyer's market is defined as more than eight months of inventory. And then a neutral market, meaning it doesn't favor buyers or sellers, is generally considered in the six to seven month um, inventory. Looks like we have a long way to go before we get to a buyer's market. We are firmly in a seller's market and have been for quite some time. And so, you know, this this, um, graph sort of depicts that seller's market, neutral market, buyer's market. And we'll look here at 
how does a buyer's market affect a buyer and a seller? And how does a seller's market affect a buyer and a seller? You know, when you're in a buyer's market, there's typically more options to choose from, better mm -hmm. negotiating power because sellers have to work a little harder to, to make their home seem special. And um, a buyer could potentially pay less than the asking price. I just saw a stat that 11% of homes throughout Tampa Bay are starting to drop their prices. And so um, we are seeing a little bit of a shift towards a buyer's market. But again, as the inventory depicted, we've got a long way before we really see um, that becoming the norm. Hey, Nicole, I think a lot of people mistake sellers uh, dropping prices as home appreciation going backwards. Um, and that's not the case. So maybe they're not getting quite as aggressive with their list price, but that doesn't mean they're asking less than what they bought it for, or they're going backwards in any way. I don't think that's happening. You... Right. Or less than the true market value. True. Yes. You know, we can define, there, there are lots of definitions for the market value. My definition is what a buyer is willing to pay for a home. An appraiser is going to give you a different definition. And, you know, because they're trying to tell the bank what the home is worth based on other sales in the neighborhood. Um, but to your point, I think more, the reason you're seeing more price reductions is not because to your point, the, the values are declining. It's perhaps sellers were over aggressive out of the gate with right. their um, asking price because they've had the luxury of being able to do that the last two years. I mean, you could throw any number out there and people were still paying more than that simply yeah. because competition was so high. Yeah. So I do think sellers are gonna have to work a little bit harder to get their homes sold in this current market, especially as things start to shift a little bit. Yeah, I agree. So, and then, you know, we talk, we see, we know what the seller's market has been like. Again, home selling quickly, receiving multiple offers, selling at higher prices, buyers not really having any negotiating power because there are, you know, 15 other buyers that are chomping at the bit to buy the home. So um, I, I do think as things shift, it is going to help more buyers, you know, have more negotiating power to not come in upside down because they've had to overpay just to get the home under contract. Exactly. So one of the things that um, plays into the inventory is new construction. And you know, here in Pinellas County, we are at a bit of a disadvantage to surrounding counties because we are surrounded by water on three sides. There are only so many places where we can expand. And you know, that's why you see a lot of high rises going up in St. Pete because you, know, you can't expand. So one way you can go is up to add that inventory. And you can see from this graph that the height of the new construction, um, new builds was right before that real estate crash. And we're not anywhere near the, the amount of new construction that was being built at that time. So even with a, a market shifting a little bit, um, people are 
saying that they don't anticipate we'll be at where we need to be from a new construction standpoint, probably for another four to five years. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny because downtown St. Pete, I think you can see at least six cranes in the sky. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's at least six large buildings going up, if not more, on, uh, you know, being scheduled to go up. And these are going to take, gosh, a high rise takes, what, three years, two to three years to build. So yeah. it's going to take a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got Saltaire down by um, the Rowdy Stadium that's going up, Art House, which is coming up off of um, Third Street, um, and 400 Central, they have broken ground on that. I think they're about to break ground on Art House, and I know the Nolan, which is going to be over by the Vinoy, is pre-construction. Yeah, there are a number of buildings coming up, and the, I think, um uh 400 central the estimated date you know for occupancy is 2025 yeah. so yeah it's it's a couple of years just for the construction of it and what a typical uh, high rise is maybe 300 units or so yeah it really depends so the nolan is going to be more of a boutique mm-hmm. um building i think they have 31 units in that um, sort of similar to Bliss, but 400 Central is going to be closer to the one where it is a few hundred units. So yeah. it doesn't even really put a dent in the housing that's needed, does it? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, this is a different look at what where new construction is being built and what states are hot. As you can see, Florida is one of the states where a lot of new construction is happening. Texas, California, being other hot markets. So, um, but again, we have to be because we have so many people moving here from all over the country and and all over the world, to be honest. Um, We are one of the top states for global sales because who wouldn't wanna live where people vacation? Right, I think I read a stat at one point last year, it was a thousand people a day were moving into the state. Right, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So this is your area of expertise. And I know I have a a couple of customers who have sort of jumped out of the market right now because they're, they feel they're a little fearful of what's happening with rates and fearful that they're not going to be able to sustain a mortgage if they get in now because rates have doubled. So let's talk about that. Sure. Well, you know, two and a half, three percent was just a crazy low rate that's never existed in history before that I'm aware of and uh, has kind of probably helped fuel this uh, market. Um, looking back on things, I, I think to myself, you know, why didn't I buy more houses at two and a half percent? Right. We should have been buying hand over fist. And a lot of people were. Uh, so th- th- those weren't sustainable rates and, and they needed to come up to a more healthy level. Uh, folks are getting a little sticker shock because they've heard the twos and the threes for so long. But historically, where we're at now, uh, we're bouncing around in the fives, sometimes the high fives. But every now and then we'll touch six for a minute and then it'll come back down and then, you know, back to the low fives. But that's about where it's, it's settled for the time being. Those are not historically bad rates at all. And, yeah. um, you know, the bottom line is key to wealth in this country for most people is real estate. And it's you know, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. 
So the folks that are on the sidelines just waiting, they're losing that appreciation that everyone else is gaining. Houses are going to be cheaper in the future. And I think we've got some slides to, to, to show what our opinion is on that. And you know, if, you're, if you've stepped out of the market because rates have gone up, personally, I think, I think you've made a mistake. Yeah. Um, and to your yeah. point, you know, there, there are a lot of benefits to home ownership, obviously a lot of responsibilities. But when you look at the data of homeowners versus renters, on average, homeowners have 44 times more net worth than renters do. And so much of that net worth is connected directly to the value of their home. And at retirement, on average, 60 to 80% of a person's net worth is directly tied to their home's worth at retirement. So if you are renting your whole life, you're leaving a huge amount of net worth on the table for someone else, or you're building someone else's net worth, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly right. So as you've said, rates have gone up, but historically over 50 years, we're still below the average at, you know, 7.77%. I know a lot of people who say, oh, I, I, my first house that I bought was 15% or 18%. And um, so while there may be sticker shock, you know, let's put this into a historical perspective. Exactly. There's a thing going around on the internet right now, um, marry the house and date the rate, right? So, you know, you want to have that house, you're going to be in that house for a long time. The interest rate, you know, those don't necessarily last forever. I think the average loan, mortgage loan lasts around five to seven years at this point. And even if you don't sell the house, typically there's some kind of refinance opportunity that comes up. Folks are predicting a recession at this point. If that were to happen, and we'll get into the slides again um, here in a minute, rates typically tend to go down during a recession. So when we look at our rate sheets, uh, there's a lot of rates that cost points that didn't used to cost points in the, in the past. And what a point is, it's just a, it's a percentage of the loan amount that you pay up front to get a particular rate. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the past, many rate sheets, you wouldn't have to pay those points. But now because of the rapid increase in rates, those are there. And, and one of the reasons why they're there is the market is predicting that these loans right now are going to be short-lived mm -hmm. and that there's a potential for them to prepay early. And so they won't gain that profit over a long time. Therefore, mm -hmm. they're trying to get a little bit of that profit up front. But the smart minds in the room are predicting these rates aren't going to last forever at this high. Well, and you can see, to your point, you talk about recessions and such. In 07, 09, how there was those rates really slid. And I think that for people who either maybe had an adverse situation during that time or who witnessed what happened, that's where some of the fear is coming in. Because we here in Florida, we saw rates plummet. You could buy homes for pennies on the dollar, you know, mm -hmm. values slid by 50%. And I can understand why someone might be fearful that that is going to happen again. But we're going to talk about why we don't believe that's going to happen. Um, as as you've as you've have pointed out, um, you want to talk about this slide? Yeah, sure. So uh, this shows uh, recessions going back to what 1980, um, and and what it shows is that for every single recession that we've had, rates have dropped every time. Um, so the question is going to be: Are we going to go into a recession or not? 
Right. Um, I think the, again, I think the smart minds think we're going to hit some kind of recession or may already be in one. Mm -hmm. And what typically happens is um, mortgage rates will tend to come down. So I think there'll be an opportunity to jump into some type of refinance in the future. Now, just because they come down for that recession doesn't mean they're going to start go not going to start going back up right after, right? So, you know, the opportunity may be short-lived, uh, but I think the opportunity might be there. Yeah. And, but just because rates go down doesn't mean that prices go down. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's what this slide shows. So, yeah, it shows the last six recessions and uh, home price changes during those recessions. Now, obviously, the big one, the elephant in the room is 2008. Mm -hmm. But 2008 was different because 2008 is what the housing caused the crash in 2008, right? right. Um, we're in a different market now. Back in, in, in the 2008s and two, 2006s and 7s, lending had just gotten off the charts crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember uh, lending that would allow 100% financing down to a 600 credit score with no income verification and no asset verification. You just state what you make. No one was going to check it and, 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 and validate what you told them. So folks were getting very aggressive, not putting any of their own money into uh, the deal. And, and so when things did take a turn, it wasn't very hard for them to walk away. Right. I think we have a different market now where I think what we're seeing is folks are putting down a significant amount. In fact, you know, many are paying cash, if not cash, they're paying a big down payment. They, and, and even to the point where some folks who have government loans don't even get a uh, seat at the table, right? Right. Uh, if Absolutely. you're not conventional and, and the best of the best of a buyer, at least up until recently, I think, I think folks are now getting more of an opportunity, but um, yeah, you, you were just, you weren't getting the offer accepted. And so I think folks are much stronger. Certainly lending is much stricter than any time back then. Right. And that, that's one reason why I don't think we're going to see the slide that we saw then because so much has changed. Lending, their buyers are far more qualified because they have to be because of legislation that passed with the Dodd-Frank um, Act. And also, as I mentioned, who wouldn't want to live where people vacation? The, the great thing about Florida is that I think we are a little protected versus what happens in other parts of the market because so many people buy here, whether it's a primary home, a secondary home, a vacation home. Wall Street is investing here because they see what's going on. Yeah. But when things go backwards, it, it can, you know that's where it can get you because those are the homes that people are first to let go. That's one reason why we had the most foreclosures during that time period because of the people who had those second homes and vacation homes or rentals and you know they wanted to hold on to their primary home but those others they let go and you know we paid a heavy price for that but yeah. to your point the way people are purchasing being more qualified and using more funds mm -hmm. we don't see that repeating well, and, and here, there's something in that last uh, slide, too, that I think is important. And that is, you know, I've heard that real estate is a hedge against inflation. Yeah. Who's not feeling the pinch of inflation right now, right? Absolutely. Uh, and, and what are you supposed to own during uh, periods of inflation? And that's fixed assets and appreciating assets. Yeah. And, and you can see, especially, I mean, real estate appreciates, but even if we have a recession, 
owning real estate is your hedge against rising prices because right. that's going to go up as well. And I don't think that, I think our market needs to slow down. We have been at such a frenetic pace for so long. You look at these numbers, 6.1%, 3.5%, you know, those aren't bad investments. If you had something, you know, money invested in some sort of portfolio and you were growing at that pace, I think you would be happy with that. You know, our market has been appreciating at 20, 25, 30%. That's just not sustainable. And quite honestly, it's not healthy because it, unaffordability or affordability is becoming a major issue because people aren't seeing their incomes appreciate at the same level as the market is. So when they need to purchase, a lot of people are fearful or, well, where am I gonna go? Where can I afford? Exactly. So now we talk a little bit about inventory and a lot of the data we're gonna look at in the next few slides, I actually went back to 2008 so people could really compare and contrast what the market looked like then versus today. And I think this slide shows that you know, over the last 20 years, we really haven't seen that much variation in how, ma how many new listings are coming on each month. Yes, it did dip in 08 when we were going into that recession um, and it grew, but there hasn't been that much of a variance since 2008 in new listings. Exactly. And I also, um, let me go back. I also put in when the pandemic started and just so you could see, you know, where we were pre-pandemic to numbers today as well. And close sales. Again, we're not seeing a big jump in the number of closed sales from 2008 to 2022, you know, overall, um, you do see a constant, you know, there is a variability with seasons and, you know, although fortunately for us, sales remain pretty strong throughout because we have, you know, when Northern states shut down for the winter, that's when we have seasonal buyers that start coming in to keep our sales um, pretty consistent. I would say our biggest dip is usually October, well, um, August or September, you know, towards when uh, hurricane season gets a little hairy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a little hot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who wants to move when it's 95 degrees with 90 degrees humidity? Sure. So inventory, this is where I think we do see dramatic numbers. And this is a big reason why I don't feel that we are going to see any major changes in price um, and, you know, unless these numbers shift. At the beginning of this podcast, we talked about buyer's market or seller's market. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, in 2008, we had 45, over 4,500 homes on the market in St. Pete for sale. When wow. the pandemic started, we had over 1,300 for sale. And now we're less than 600. 
that's a huge decline sure. in available housing. But you know, if you look at your the previous slide, it's not that houses aren't coming on the market. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a lack of inventory causing demand. I think it's demand causing lack of inventory. Correct. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next slide. So why, why did those numbers drop so dramatically? And the big reason for that is the median time to contract. This is what drives that inventory. You look at um, the, at the height of the median time to contract in 2008, it took over six months on average for, or the median for a home to hit the market and to then go under contract. At the beginning of the pandemic, that was 26 days, less than a month. In May, that was five days, less than a week. Yeah. So to your point, when homes come off the market or absorbed back into the market so quickly, it's very hard to catch up. We would literally have to have thousands of homes coming flooding the market to grow our inventory. And I don't see that anything in the horizon that would indicate that happening. Nor do I. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show a slide of absorption rate in a second, but typically this time of year our absorption rate would be in the 30s probably. And um, we'll just go to it. And, and so these numbers are still inflated because we, we had a hot market going into the pandemic, but things just went to an inferno once the pandemic started. So you can see in May of 2019, the absorption rate was 54%. And in 2020, 40%. In 2021, look at the number, 171%. And this year, it was still over 100%. We, in fact, we haven't been below 100% since December of 2020. Wow. And that's just again, not sustainable. You can see on the graph how astronomical that pace is. And, you know, we had 244% in March of this year. It's just bonkers. Well, the rise in rates definitely is having an effect, yep. um, but it's not having a detrimental effect. It's just bringing the market back to it's, it's more healthy norm and Correct. that's where it needs to be. Correct. And again, the, the 2019 numbers were, were high than they had been the years prior to that. So I would say, you know, what is typical this time of year is probably about 35 to 40%. So we still have a long way to go before we get to our typical, um, what we've seen prior to the pandemic. Exactly. And, and this graph shows that. So we haven't been, the last time we were in a buyer's market was in the spring, well, 2012. You see us getting closer to 5%. Mm -hmm. That's 10 years that wow. sellers have had the advantage 
you know, and real estate is hyper local. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is what it looks like for St. Pete, but does that mean this is what it looks like in Coquina Key? Not necessarily, or Placido Bayou, or, you know, your neighborhood may be an outlier for the overall trend. So um, that's why we pre prepare market analyses when we are helping um, a client to purchase a home because we wanna see, does your neighborhood trend, is it in line with what we're seeing with the general market? But in 2008 or 2009, we had a year and a half's worth of inventory. Mm contrasted to a month now. Don't you wish you could have a time machine and go back and buy real estate back then? Yes. Like you said, I would be snatching up homes left and right. Yeah, Especially because again, not only was the supply high, but the values had really dropped. And yeah, what people were buying homes for then, it's just today's buyer, if, if you're a first time home buyer, you can't even comprehend the values that people had then. Yeah. And if you were fearful back then because of what was going on in the world, you were missing out on huge opportunities to gain wealth. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you should. I love um, the quote by Warren Buffett yeah. When people are fearful, you should be greedy. And when people are greedy, you should be fearful. And that speaks exactly. volumes to that time period. Absolutely. True. So, you know, the price, we always say, prices, supply, and demand. So this um, graph here shows the inverse effect, right? As mm -hmm. supply shrinks, prices go up. And look at the median sales price in 2011. Crazy. These last four years have just really shot up, haven't they? Yes, they have. And it is... Um, yeah, especially from 2020 to 2022, mm -hmm. that's, that's just mind-boggling. But even so, that chart shows the long-term effect of owning real estate, and that's just an increase in equity and value. Absolutely. And, and let's say it, net worth. Net worth. Again, if you would have bought a home in 2011, you know, look at what that value has gone up to. Exactly. So I don't know why that happened, but let me, whoops. Was that our last slide? That was our last slide. Huh. Oh, there you go. So I'm going to stop sharing. And thank you again for um, providing this market update. I hope that we were able to um, dispel some myths that are floating out there for people who may be considering making a purchase. And um, I know I would love to reconnect with you down the road and talk about some loan products that Thrive Market or Thrive Mortgage offers, because I know you have some really um, creative and um, user-friendly yeah. loan products that a lot of people could benefit from. Well, as the market's changing, uh, the lending world is getting a little bit more creative and bringing some products back uh, that haven't existed in some time. A lot of these 
are focused on investors and a lot are focused on self-employed borrowers who have been underserved. So yeah, there's there's some neat things coming out now that uh, didn't exist a few years ago and we'll give some folks an opportunity to get in the market who didn't have it in the past. Awesome. So if people are looking to um, get in touch with you and, and see, you know, are they ready to make a purchase? Uh, how do they contact you? Sure. The easiest way to find me and all my contact information is financingbymike.com. Very easy. And uh, that'll give you everything you need to get started and uh, reach out to me. Outstanding. And I will make sure to include the link to your site in the show notes. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for having me on today. Thank you very much. So good to see you. You too. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes.